0: So, you want to sneak up to him, try to sort of clamp his mouth shut, and then put a knife to his throat? More or less, yeah. Okay, can he stealth?
1: live from the Mundangerous Fallen Tower in New York City. I'm your host Shane.
0: And I'm your host Eshin.
1: And welcome to Actual Play Episode 3 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our
0: campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition adventure, Sunless Citadel.
2: Eberron is a sorrowful place where the five great nations on the continents of Corvair fought a hundred-year war for the throne of Galifar, and only recently settled for peace after a mysterious magical calamity called the Day of Mourning. Eberron is a wondrous place where magic is studied and industrialized and living constructs called Warforged rub shoulders with Elves, Dwarves, and Changelings on elementally powered airships and lightning trains. Eberron is a mysterious place where powerful magical tattoos called Dragon Marks shape the fate of their bearers and the secrets of ancient empires and evils lie buried just below the surface. Of course, dear listener, you don't need to know any of that to follow the adventures of our hero, Tez Proudgale. He's just a rogue archeology span student unearthing secrets in the hinterlands of Southern Breland, close to the borders of the Gnome Nation Zalargo and the Goblin Nation Dargoon. Though if you do want to learn more about Eberron, check out Total Party Thrill episode 33 for our full overview of the Eberron campaign setting.
0: Tez Proudgale is slowly making his way into a fortress that has sunken deep into the earth. And it turns out mm, he has a habit of awakening restless spirits.
1: I have found a secret door. Uh, Inside were three archer skeletons. Uh, (laughs) I got pricked on the finger by a needle when I opened (laughs) the door. So that's cool. That's very Sleeping Beauty of you. As soon as I see them, their eyes alight with red veil fire. And now (laughs) now they're animating against me. Is that what's happening?
0: That's exactly what's happening, yes.
1: Okay, uh, and I suppose I need to roll initiative?
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Last thing you said is you slammed the door shut. I would
1: like to slam the door shut, yes. That is very much what I intend to do.
0: (laughs) You did slam the door shut, and you heard a click as that stone slipped back into place. It seems like the door is closed. Uh, The question is, can undead skeleton archers open secret doors from the inside? Uh you know that is a question that I will
1: stick around to find out outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to duck around the corner, uh, kind of walk out from, you know, the entryway that I came in, um and kind of wait and see what happens.
0: All right. So nothing happens.
1: Uh do I hear anything from the other side of the door?
0: If you like Stealthily come back inside the shell of the tower, and then press your ear up against the stone. Uh, you can definitely hear what sounds like the clattering of toe bones on stone. So they're definitely moving around in there. They just don't seem to be coming out. Whether they've decided not to come out or they can't come out, you don't know. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the mechanism
1: of this door and see if I can't like. Uh jam it shut, <laughs> maybe with my thieves tools or something um so that these things can't sneak out on me uh ideally, I don't want to like permanently damage it, but I definitely don't want these things walking
0: out okay um you your investigation check did notice that like they had stuff
1: hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll bite what stuff
0: they had gear um they were carrying bows and they had quivers. Um, but you did notice very briefly just the glint of what probably was coins on uh-huh. uh, the uh, dais behind them.
1: Mm-hmm. And and by chance, did I also see a large ornate key that seems like it might have fit <laughs> into, the, into the locked door in this room? <laughs>
0: you did not see something like that.
1: All right. You know what? I'm not here to kill skeletons <laughs> and collect coins. I am here for archaeological purposes and to find these... These kids. I'm gonna stick to the mission. Okay. And I'm gonna focus on that locked door behind which might be untold riches.
0: <laughs> but before doing that, you do do you want to try to jam this door shut in case they can't open it from the inside?
1: I, I would, yes. But again, I don't want to like permanently damage it if I can avoid it, because I am I'm not I don't want to close off my option permanently if I can avoid that.
0: Right. Okay, give me at the use
1: tools check. Um 13 plus 5, 18.
0: Yeah, you're pretty sure you're able to use like a little shim to hold that um, masonry in place. It normally slides very smoothly. Now it looks like it'll take like a a strong push. So it'll be pretty easy to like pull it back out uh, someone, but nothing should actually jostle it. It seems like it's been here for centuries and nothing's jostled it. I'll I'll give it like
1: a good like five minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. to just like make sure. (laughs) And then I will turn my attentions towards that lock and see if I can't tease that out with my
0: thieves tools too. So you wait for some time and eventually the clattering of bone on stone stops. So you think they may have settled down and you turn your attention to uh, the locked door. Like you noticed before, it has what seems like a pretty high quality mechanical lock on it. Can I see the,
1: like, from the from the lock itself? Do I have any way of placing its age?
0: Oh, interesting. Give me, hmm, maybe a history check.
1: 15 plus 2, 17. I am a historian. Look could you go. Look, they cover locks on, like, day three at the university in the rogue archaeology program.
0: Right, and thieves tools um, come with, you know, picks, but also, like, you know, small mirrors on, like, bent mirrors, right? Like Like, dentists usually have. So you can examine this, and actually you can see that um, on the inside of the lock, there is like a very small but very ornate uh, just um, etching of what looks like a dragon's head. Wow. Okay. You would probably place it, I mean, maybe even pre-Galifar. Oh, wow. So the, the, the art style of this, like, engraving is that old? Yeah. Very much so. Wow. I mean, if you put these two things together, like... So on the wall is carved the runes for a Shardalon, a dragon that, it sounds plausible to you, existed fifteen hundred to two thousand years ago. This is a block that also has a dragon image on it that potentially would date from the same time.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, that uh, that makes sense to me. It's I think um, I think Tez is still very surprised that like this, I mean, effectively like backcountry yokel like. uh old wives' tale, basically, has proven to be true and even, like, accurate to the
0: date. Uh, Well, you certainly know that lots of uh, nursery rhymes and fairy tales often have at least uh, some bit of truth or history to them. If this has been here that long, everything else around here has been looted. But this hasn't, because it seems like no one's been able to get it exactly where my greedy ass mind went <laughs>
1: <laughs> which has made this priority number 1 <laughs> um so yeah i'm uh, okay so i have uh, definitely learned my lesson uh, with a rude reminder i might add that uh these these old temples and sunken citadels and abandoned fortresses are booby trapped uh so i'm gonna check this thing for traps before i go monkeying around with its uh its its inner mechanicals
0: okay give me uh perception or investigation right, i'm gonna do perception nat 20 Ooh. 24 uh it looks clear however so you're examining it um and, and just sort of like you know testing it, but you're not trying to unlock it yet. Right. Uh, you think actually there's more than just a mechanical lock here. You're you're sort of like things aren't moving just the way they should if only physics was involved here. You think maybe there's some sort of magical lock involved as well. Mm. Now you know, you know, as a, both a rogue and a historian, those are not completely uh, impossible to bypass with mundane means, but they are much more difficult. Okay.
1: Well, you know, you don't start the rogue archaeology program uh, at Morgrave University uh, if you're not already ready to uh, to tease open some locks. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do it.
0: Let's do it. These tools check. Oh my god. Oh my god. Good or oh my god. Bad. I've rolled a two. Isha. Cool.
1: Okay. That is a seven. Does that open the magically locked door? It pops
0: right <laughs> open and you waltz right in. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I don't. That's a trap. <laughs> uh, it does not open, and now you are 100% sure that um, there is uh, magic also locking it. However, um, you think that this lock is such high quality that that result wouldn't have even opened just the mundane lock if you had dispelled it.
1: All right, so I need to try some some type of different tack with this door, right? Because I'm, I'm not going to just be able to tease it open on my own. Um there's Arcana. There's history involved here. Can I? Can I? Yeah. Can I? Like maybe do some more investigation into the magic of this door and and see if I can maybe like um, piece something together that that might help me through that.
0: Uh, yes. So an Arcana check would probably be the best. Yes. 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 That's a plus two. Okay, I rolled another two. <laughs>
1: um, I'm gonna say a quick prayer uh to eladra and remind her that i have always been a faithful uh donor to her church oh yeah you've been tithing regularly (laughs) i wouldn't say regularly (laughs) but my family has certainly been tithing regularly uh and that is always one of the things look i've been i'm a broke college kid uh, um, but my family (laughs) always gives some of our uh our the the proceeds of our raids to the church for of eladra
0: and uh i would like to remind her of that fact yes and you very rarely uh raided her temples i'm sure exactly thank you right thank you for
1: acknowledging our restraint
0: (laughs) all right so what is that arcana check result that's a four or four is not so great um so you can't... You're not able to tell anything about this. I mean, it's an old style of magic, right? Often magic will have the same effects depending on, like, who cast it um or or when or, like, what techniques they used, but they'll just do it in very different ways. So you can't really identify that. However, you would definitely surmise that, like, if you were going to lock a door with some magic, you would probably just use an arcane lock. This is
1: what I get for going to rogue archaeology school and not wizard college. And there's always time.
0: You know I'm what? I'm just saying. Uh, dual... Uh, double majors are a thing, you know. It's called multi-class. Uh, yeah. That's um <laughs> uh,
1: double majors are are a luxury for people whose families are still paying their tuition. <laughs> <laughs> and that is no longer the case for Tez, and that's why he has to get through this door.
0: <laughs> there is another door that is totally unlocked. Yeah. Oh, I hate this. Oh. Um you can definitely tell that like there there would be, well what was your history check? Or did you make one yet? I made a really good hit. Yeah, my history check right. was really high. So you would guess yeah, that it was like, like 19. This is basically like a ceremonial door, which is one of the reasons mm-hmm. that it's so heavily warded. But that also means that there's definitely going to be a ceremonial key somewhere. <sighs> right. Okay. All right.
1: Time to find a key. Time to find a ceremonial key in the hands of somebody who doesn't know they have it all right i'm going to um I'm going to like make a quick sketch of this door and mm-hmm. uh of this lock okay uh you know for science
0: um and then uh, you're just gonna go ask the skeletons if they have the key <laughs>
1: Uh they're that, gonna be the last question I ask is <laughs> of the skeletons <laughs> I'm going to go uh check that other door for any traps or malfeasance.
0: Okay. The wide-open door. <laughs> huh. uh, your perception 14 detects no traps.
1: Uh, well, uh, then, yeah, then I'm, I'm, I'm willing to just kind of slowly open it and, and check what's on the other side, make sure the coast is clear.
0: On the other side is a long hallway about 10 feet wide, and you can see at the end of it is a door uh, leading to the north, but about halfway down it is another door leading to the south. Oh, sorry. Actually, and there's oh, sorry, and at the end of the hallway, there's another door. So there are there are <laughs> there are three doors. So there's one to the front, one to the left, and one to the right. They're wooden doors, uh, but they all look the same, at least from your current vantage point. All right, and
1: is the masonry in this uh, like is this a stone hallway? Is it the similar kind of masonry? Is there any decoration on the wall or anything like that? Uh,
0: no, this actually looks pretty plain. Um, you'd guess it was basically used for defense. So there there aren't any like alcoves or anything on the side. It's just like a clear straight shot.
1: Okay. Um then I will very carefully start creeping up this hallway and listen to the door on the left.
0: Uh do you want to give me a stealth check? Yes, I would.
1: Ah, there's a ladra. That's a 15 plus 7, 22.
0: That is very quiet. Okay, you don't hear anything else um so you're able to move around this hallway and you have access to any of these doors that you like
1: yeah i'll I'll go for the door on the left i don't have any sense of the layout of this uh of of like the whole sunken you don't like the shape of the citadel from like what sunk right
0: right you don't because it's sunken you have no idea like how big it is or the dimensions so you can't really gauge okay so yeah I'll, i'll just
1: left hand rule it and uh and go that way Okay. Because I started, I mean, I started left-hand rule. I might as well keep (laughs) doing left-hand rule, right?
0: (laughs) So you open the door, um, and inside it's a 10-foot square chamber hewed directly from the stone. And inside is a keg that's standing upright uh, made of rusted iron. And there are pipes that are also rusted that lead from the keg into the floor. Has anybody been in this room? Perception, investigation, or survival. Your choice. Uh, Eight perception. Cool. So we'll call it a fourteen. No, no one's been in here for as far as you can tell for quite a while. Um the keg does have a metal bung on the top of it that looks like it could come loose.
1: Do I have any idea what this would be here for? Like why this keg would have pipes coming out of it?
0: That's weird. Um that it would have pipes coming out of it like it mm, give me history arcana investigation like give me any of those.
1: Mm, I'm going to lean into my history here. Uh, 7 plus 2 is a 9.
0: You've heard of, I mean, the pipe sort of denotes like um, a, a higher technological level. Like it sort of seems weird that there would be a, a, a pipe like this. If you put your hand um, on the side of the keg, it feels alternately like quite warm to the touch or quite cold which seems strange. Like if it's just an old rusted thing, um, you don't know why it would do that, but you don't know what's inside. You haven't really like moved it or tried to lift it or anything like that. Uh, Why would there be a pipe? Either to put something into it or to take something out of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, can I tell if there's like, if I, if I like just kind of shake it, um, can I tell if it's... You hear the sound of sloshing liquid. Hmm. I know what's in here. Okay. Because I remember this from the adventure. (laughs) What I'm curious about here is this is like, this is very strange in like uh, a Forgotten Realms dungeon. Mm-hmm. Is the idea that there is a steam method inside a a water keg, running the heating system of a castle in Eberron all that strange, or is a warm keg with pipes coming out of it actually just like oh it's a boiler, right? <laughs> like like is is this a curio in any way for me
0: as a as like a, an Eberronian? You certainly wouldn't think that it would be a method. Uh, because they're evil okay could it be a tiny elemental or like an ember of an elemental that would make a lot of sense but that would be like kind of expensive although i mean keep in keeping with the fact that you've seen that you know a long time ago there was obviously a lot of wealth and like magical mobility mm-hmm. tied here that could be that could be a possibility sure, certainly okay and that might indicate why it's still here and hasn't like completely fallen away to nothing maybe it's enchanted okay so it would make sense to you that there's a small fire elemental in there (sighs) that doesn't also it's cold at times too right maybe there's also um a water elemental
1: i think i will make a note of it uh in my journal um and and maybe even draw it um because that might be curious that you know given the age of this place that that would that existed already Mm -hmm. um but other than that, I think I'm just gonna leave um, and, and keep going through the, the next leftmost door because I, I don't I don't see that being of any value, right? Like bound elementals, if I can manage to like wrangle these things, are just not uncommon enough and not easy enough to transport that I'm that interested. <laughs> I Sir,
0: think. you certainly know that they're not necessarily hostile, but they are dangerous.
1: Right. Yeah. I think I think this is safer. This I, <laughs> like I don't think kicking over the boiler room is the right move. <laughs>
0: Trying to stay stealthy. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think
0: I'm I'm going to just I'm going to I'm going to keep moving. So you can hear some sounds on the other side of the door at the end of the corridor. Um, I'm going to just give this part to you because it's uh just to speed it up a little bit uh, on the right uh, you crack that door open and it's just an empty room what looks like it used to be used for storage but currently is empty okay so now you just have the one door uh at the end of the corridor and you can hear if you put your ear up against it what sounds like it sounds like whimpering it doesn't necessarily sound like crying it almost sounds like a a dog is whimpering
1: Do I know of anything that makes that noise other than a dog? Give me a nature check. Gonna be rolling on pure intelligence, and that's gonna be a six. A dire dog, maybe? Yeah, okay. All right, all right.
0: A a very sad shifter?
1: (laughs) Got it. Uh, Okay, I will... um, I mean, I guess I'm I'm less so checking this for traps and more just checking to make sure it doesn't make too much noise or anything, mm-hmm. but I will try to like stealthily open the door and maybe like peek a, uh, one of my like thieves tools mirrors, like around the edge to see what I can see.
0: So as you crack it open and stick the mirror in, it looks like a relatively large room and inside... Well, there's a lot going on. Um, you can see what looks like a metal cage, and you can see. I'm trying to think if you would know. Yeah, you speak draconic. It's a kobold. Ah, okay. Uh, and that makes sense. Sometimes they sound like dogs, depending on who you ask. Um, and you can't really tell from like the angle of your mirror, but it just the kobold just seems to be like slumped on the ground by the wall, not really paying attention to anything and like sobbing. Okay. There doesn't seem to be anyone else in the room. Crudely executed symbols and glyphs scribed in bright green dye decorate this large and irregularly shaped crumbling chamber. A large pit in the center shows evidence of a recent fire. A metallic cage in the middle of the southern wall contains a gaping hole and stands empty. A small wooden bench draped with green cloth is next to the cage, and several small objects rest on it. A bedroll lies near the wooden bench, and the sound of whimpering comes from inside it. Not inside it, though, because it's not in the bedroll.
1: Okay, um, and no, no, no one else in there.
0: Uh, that you can see, but you can see that there are doors and a passageway leading from this room.
1: Then I am going to um, put on my best stealthy maneuvers, crack this door open the slightest amount possible to, to slither my way through and step into the room, uh, trying to keep to the shadows here out of, out of the line of sight of like, I guess the longest lines of sight. Are you just being cautious and quiet?
0: or Are you trying to stay hidden? Uh, I mean, if I can't, if there's a place where I can stay hidden, I would love to stay hidden. The kobold basically has its hands buried in its face. So if you can stay completely quiet you might be able to get to the bench and then duck behind it. Okay, I'll try to do that. Stealth. 10 plus 7, 17. Uh, You do. The kobold doesn't seem to notice you. So you are now crouched uh, behind the bench with a clear shot, if you wanted it. Uh, I'm more concerned about what put
1: this kobold in the cage
0: uh, so you can see the cage actually is quite large. And now you're actually right next to the cage now. And you can see that actually metal, the metal bars of the cage, like uh, three or four of them are almost like exploded out. Hmm. Like something burst out from inside. And the kobold 100% could not have done that.
1: Okay. Uh, and is the is the kobold restrained in any way? Like what's keeping the kobold from leaving?
0: Is th- the kobold isn't in the cage. The kobold is a, a leaning up against the wall. You can actually see there's a bedroll. Uh, nearby, that's sized for a kobold. Okay, and you can see there are several doors leading from this room, but all of them are closed. And then there's also a long passageway that sort of leads into the distance into what looks like a larger complex.
1: This is the riskiest maneuver that I've made yet on on this mission. Um, but I think what I need to do is sneak up to him and like. Uh, basically I mean basically grapple him right but I need to just like keep his mouth covered as I as I like just try to maintain physical control of him because I need information right like I'm I'm trying to ask questions I suppose at knife point <laughs> uh, so that's what I will attempt to do if I if I can kind of all in one motion kind of just ...physically dominate him at knife point, uh, quietly.
0: So you want to sneak up to him, try to sort of clamp his mouth shut... ...and then put a knife to his throat? It, more or less, yeah. Okay, give me stealth. Uh, stealth is okay. Another
1: 10. 17.
0: He's not listening. And does, does not notice anything. You are able to do that. Um, you basically just saunter over out in the open lean down next to him put a knife up to his throat take one hand clamp it over his mouth and then uh, put your knife to his throat and what do you say or do as you do that
1: I whisper are you the Meepo that was foretold Um, I uh no first of all I would like this to be tactical thank you because I am a rogue I can make this look cool not a saunter um but anyway yeah i i think i will i'll just like kind of whisper in its ear um don't
0: make a sound if you want to live okay you duck and roll duck and roll sure okay <laughs> thank you john the tactical I'm my turtle, tactical tactical turtle <laughs> <back>. <laughs> it's extra black <laughs> <laughs> all right um you've got his mouth clamped shut um his eyes pop open as he feels your dagger at his throat and he can't open his mouth, so he just squeals. I don't want to hurt you. Huh? I just
1: want some information. Huh? Uh, and I suppose it's, uh, I'm speaking draconic to it, right? Because it's a kobold?
0: Oh, if you want to, yeah. Um, y- yeah, you would know that kobolds speak draconic. Um, Do they speak common? Yeah, you don't know if they speak common.
1: Okay, I'll, then I'll definitely, if they definitely speak draconic, I'll speak draconic because I'm fluent. I just need information. I just need information.
0: Uh, so like big tears are, are welling up in, in its eyes, they're sort of rolling down. Um, but it sort of looks at you, uh, looks, looks around sort of for anyone else or sort of darts around, uh, and then just like slowly sort of like nods its head.
1: Um, so without removing the point of the blade, uh, I will like slowly release his, uh, his mouth, I guess his snout. How many of you are there?
0: There's just the one. There's just the one, Meepo.
1: Is your is is Meepo your name? And sh-
0: Meepo is Meepo. I am Meepo. There's only the one. Only the one tasked with keeping Calstrix, but Calstrix has been stolen. Now there is there is no. There was one Calstrix, but now there is none. Please do not kill Meepo. Meepo did not mean it. It was the goblins. The goblins did it.
1: Go- uh, where are the goblins?
0: They're on the other side. The other side where where they, they are scheming and crafty and they steal our Calstrix and they, they now we have no Calstrix and there's just one Meepo looking out out for him and it was Meepo's job and Meepo failed.
1: How many of your kind are there?
0: There's, there's only one Meepo. Uh,
1: are you the only kobold? Oh, no. Many, many kobolds. And how many
0: of them are there? Please don't tell me their names. So he looks down at his hands. One, two, three more than 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 than there are many there are many and they will be angry if if you kill meepo they they respect they respect meepo they like meepo very much i think i already know the answer to
1: this (laughs) but i would like to make an insight check (laughs) Oh god! What is Meepo's deception? Pers- <laughs> I, I know that he's he's lying about his importance. That's obvious, but I, more about just the the number of kobolds he's exaggerating. Uh, that's a fifteen plus two is seventeen. Okay.
0: Yes. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's sad about something, which seems to be that a dra- the goblin stole a dragon, which sounds crazy to you. Yeah. Um, although you look at that cage and you go, I mean, I guess a like a wormling or like maybe like a very young dragon could have been in there and could a young dragon have burst those bars? Probably yes. His name was Calstrix? Uh yeah, uh, Calstrix. Calstrix. Okay. Uh, judging from the size of this compound, like as far as you know there could be there could be dozens of kobolds. Mipo, are the other
1: kobolds mad at you for losing Calstrix?
0: Oh, no. They, they- no, they're not mad. They are very mad. <laughs> U- Eustrail. Eustrail. is very mad, and when she is mad, everyone is mad. And now everyone is ma- very mad at Mipo, and not just mad when they usually are. Now they are very mad. And uh, who is Ustrail? She is the leader, the great one, Eustrail. She is very tall and very strong and very magical and very powerful and very scary. And where is she right now? looks down at your hand holding the knife and then looks uh, up at you and then sort of looks down to to his hand. It seems like he wants to sort of, like, use his hands, but he doesn't want to get his throat cut. You you may point. So he lifts up a, a claw and then points down the uh, open corridor that leads into the larger compound. And uh, Calstrix. The name of Calstrix make him, makes him sort of, like, whimper again. Like, oh! Poor Calstrix was taken by the evil goblins. Uh, tell me about Calstrix. Calstrix is very nice, the very nice, white, beautiful dragon who rarely wants to eat Meepo. Much nicer than most dragons. Only wants to eat Meepo sometimes, and Meepo takes care of Calstrix because he is the keeper of the dragons. Uh, and then you, you sort of looking at him again, you can see he's got like claw mark scars kind of all yeah. all over him. <laughs> okay. Okay. You see, you see like a, a pretty circular, like bite.
1: <laughs> Do I know enough about kobolds to kind of like get the sense of what's going on here? It seems to me, uh, and, and tell me if Tez would feel the same way, that like what's going on is they were keeping this dragon and worshiping it. This dragon did not want to be kept uh, or it probably did want to be worshipped. Um, but either like the dragon broke itself out or like the goblins stole it um, one way or the other. And now they're upset and they're blaming Meepo.
0: I mean, that sounds approximately right. Could the goblins have stolen it? I mean, if they're in a fight, certainly the goblins could have stolen it. Almost like a mascot type thing, right? Yeah. Maybe the dragon did break on its own. Um, you speak draconic, so give me give me either an arcana or a nature check with advantage. All right. That's going to be arcana. That's going to be a 14 plus two is 16. You've studied draconic. So, you know, a bit, this was a white dragon. You know, that white dragons are not necessarily the brightest of dragons. Okay. I mean, this is Eberron. So, you know, everything's a little bit different, but like a young white dragon, like a white dragon that could fit in here is probably, you know, less than a hundred years old. Um, and is probably like as smart as like a dire wolf okay so so pretty bestial intelligence right i mean smarter than like an animal but not like not really intelligent i mean it, it should be able to speak but it, it's not going to be able to get any sort of like complex things over so if it was being fed and fawned over it might have been perfectly happy here
1: okay but it but it wouldn't be like commanding Co- it wouldn't be leading the kobolds or like ordering them by any stretch. It would be
0: not yet. I mean, maybe in a se- in a couple centuries. Sure, sure, okay. Maybe, maybe uh, uh take Meepo to Ustral and uh, she she will make you. She will tell you answers. Uh, and and maybe she will she will give you things. And and wait, maybe you can get Kalsrix back, and then and then Meepo, and then. All the others will only be mad at Meepo and not very mad. Mipo. Mipo.
1: You're smarter than you look. Yes. And I, uh, I will let him go. Uh, I will stand him up straight and fix like his like. I, do do you almost wear clothes. I guess like <laughs> does he have like a like a
0: like a tunic or something? He basically has a tunic. Yes. Okay. Then I will I will fix his rumpled tunic. Better. It's better than like. Rags. I mean, usually that's like sort of the thing that people think, but you know, it's it's relatively clean. Um, uh, you don't know if it's like kobold made, but you know, it's a combination of like you know hides and cloth.
1: Okay, so I yeah, I will like kind of fix his rumpled tunic. I will like kind of um, put my um, my hand like under his chin so he like kind of stands up a little bit straighter right? And then I will do, I will kind of fix the the front of uh, of, of my shirt as well, um, slide my dagger back into its sheath, and uh, motion for him to lead the way. And now I'm, I am projecting the cool air of confidence <laughs> and authority that indicates I belong here amongst these kobolds.
0: <laughs> so Meepo moves like cautiously and slowly because he's not really sure if he turns his back if he's just going to get stabbed. And he moves over to one of, not toward the passage, but toward one of the closed doors here. Um, he doesn't go to open it. He uh, actually sort of like speaks up for the first time and, and says the word Accend. Um And after a moment, uh, the door opens, and you can see inside are three more kobolds, except these are armed and armored. And you look inside, you've you know, you've been around the block before. It basically looks like a guard post. Like they've, you know, they've got some boxes in there with, with stores. You can see one of them has like, is sitting back and has its feet up. Uh, you know, one has answered the door and, you know, is holding a spear and they seem surprised to see you, but they look down at Meepo and then it says back, extend. They sort of look at you and, and nod and then don't do anything. And then Meepo moves toward, that long passageway. And you can see that now these three kobold guards are filing out behind you and are flanking you as Meepo leads you.
1: Well, in for a diamond for a dollar, <laughs> I will project the cool easiness of a rogue archaeologist who <laughs> belongs here. Perfect. <laughs> and I will keep my ears on a swivel.
0: <laughs> so there's a series of passages here. Uh, that sort of encircle a central area of rooms. You don't really know what those are. But as Mipo keeps walking, every time he comes across another kobold, usually who's armed and armored, he says again, Extend! Like, like They sort of instantly tense when they see you, and then as soon as they hear Extend, they sort of like lean back into a more, not relaxed position, but like they're not in an aggressive position. Yeah. yeah. Um, you'd be guessing this is some sort of like You know, friend or foe call. Right, right, right. Uh, And you can see as Meepo is leading you around like a winding corridor, uh, three more guards do the same thing. They come out of a a side room and then uh, are also following you. So now you've got six of them in Meepo.
1: So when, um, okay, so when he was counting how many kobolds there were, he said there were three and then three more and then three more. How many of those threes were there? <laughs> <laughs> How many guard posts are between me and uh, and Oostrail? He said it at least four times. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a there's a a realization comes across Tez's face that he now works for the Kobolds. <laughs> 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 and then there's a there's a. I think a pregnant sigh as he is now, uh, just again, faking it until he arrives.
0: He takes you around and you can see you enter a much larger room, um, that has relatively high ceilings. I mean, for kobolds, it's like a vaulted ceiling. Um, And there are pillars uh, all along it um, that reach all the way to the ceiling that look um, like this was maybe a gallery originally, but the kobolds have taken it over. Uh, There are a couple of doors to the side, closed doors. And again, one of those opens and three more kobold guards come out. There is another door that remains closed and nobody comes out. And at the end of this very long hallway is a dais and a throne. Arrayed on either side of this hallway are even more guards. And they they actually seem like they're well-trained. They're like standing at attention. Um, They keep an eye on you, but uh, they don't move. And uh, there on the throne is a very large, very tall, for a kobold, kobold. And Meepo walks you right in her direction. A short throne stands near the west wall, constructed of fallen bits of masonry stacked against an old altar. On top of the altar sit a variety of small items. The portion of the altar that serves as the throne's back features a carving of a rearing dragon, and a metallic key is held firmly in the dragon's open jaws. Give me a perception check. 14 plus 4 is 18. Uh, it definitely looks like a match for that door that you cannot get into. All right. So she is dressed in a bright white robe and she eyes you but doesn't speak. Is this like a thousand-yard stare? Like what's the what's the what's the what's the what's the meaning of this not speaking? She is making very direct eye contact, but give me an inside check. Uh, 12 plus 2 is 14. Okay. Um, you guess this is probably some sort of, like, etiquette test. She's sitting on basically a throne, and you've been brought as an audience. So Hmm. what are you going to do, and how are you going to treat her? Surrounded by about 15 kobolds.
1: Uh, Okay. I'll ask. Do I know anything specifically about kobold etiquette, or should I just— Because if I don't, I will just default to
0: Lazar etiquette, more or less. Give me a nature check. Ooh, eighteen. Hey, um, plus zero. Do you think it's basically descended from dragon etiquette, which is ah. very hierarchical?
1: Okay, then um, I will. <laughs> I'm actually I'm willing to bet that dragon etiquette and Lazar etiquette are uh, are, are roughly equivalent, um, <laughs> like or descended from each other. I bet this is actually very similar. Not because, um, like, the Lazar principalities are feudal or hierarchical in that way. But because, like, the Lazar princes um, mock, (laughs) like, the frivolity of, like, noble etiquette, right? (laughs) So it's, like, they, they do everything, like, over the top mockingly, and, like, if you just turn it serious and genuine, then it becomes, like, very, very ancient etiquette. Which means that I know how to bow deeply until my nose nearly touches the <laughs> ground. <laughs> and I know how to make all the correct obsequious, uh, like, uh, like, titular references for her. Um, Indraconic, of course, right? Um, and I know how to, like, introduce myself subtly as a petitioner um, so as not to upstage her in her own court and, and those kinds of things.
0: Uh, so you do all these things? you ingratiate yourself i do mm.
1: I completely ingratiate myself uh but in, in the way uh like you know with the with the quiet calm of somebody who knows exactly the etiquette um at least the etiquette that I'm performing mm. i might be completely wrong <laughs> but at least i like i am performing it with the like with like genuine diligence right um and not in a in a mocking or, or uh disrespectful way
0: she looks at you as you, like, bow very deeply. And, you know, you come back up very slowly and avert your eyes. Because, of course, you know, you shouldn't be looking her in the eyes until you've been acknowledged. And But you can see out of the side that she sort of, sort of, like, nods her head a little bit. And then, you know, she says, Your actions are clumsy, but you accord the proper respect. She says in common, not draconic, And we appreciate that. But... Why has this disgraced one brought you here?
1: When she speaks in common, that means that she's rejecting the sort of all the like nonsense, right? Um. But she is like—is she informalizing it by doing that, or is she being disrespectful by doing that?
0: No, she's she's speaking she's speaking quite formally. You're guessing actually what she might be doing is proving to you that she speaks common. Ah, okay. Um, like. She's on a throne, but, like, it, it's not a real throne, right? They built it out of mortar, uh, out of, of um, rubble, basically.
1: I suppose I'll just respond in common, um, as though, like, she spoke perfectly clean <laughs> <laughs> and and completely unaccented. Queen Ustrale, uh I am here. Uh, I, I, I cannot speak for your subject, but I believe that Meepo has brought me here uh, because you are in need of some assistance, and I... Happened to be a rogue archaeologist from the from Morgrave University who uh, may just be able to give you some of that assistance.
0: Uh, when you say queen, she's sort of like she doesn't smile, but there's like a, a, li- a little bit of a shimmy as she like sort of sits up a little higher on her altar. She seems to be pleased by that. She says, Hmm, Morgrave, if you are a rogue, then you're no longer affiliated. Well, uh, that's just a d- technical uh d- distinction because
1: of uh, some due tuition because um you know it's it's not important the, the the point is uh I will soon be restored to my proper standing at of University and I will have my sage honors in uh in no time so like don't worry about it also did I mention um I'm uh, uh third in line to the throne of the uh, proud gale uh principality uh Lazar Princess? I, I am myself, uh, royalty, minor, of course. Not, uh, directly in line, but, uh, you know, I
0: am, um, technically a noble. And she says, huh. third in line, you may as well be a eunuch. That's, uh, why I went to university. <laughs> so, she says, but you have not answered my question. Why, why are you here? You, we do, we do not need any assistance. Uh, has Meepo brought you because he requires some assistance? For his failure? Well, I am here because I am looking for uh, for, four
1: adventurers who came down this way. Uh, Perhaps they passed through here. If they did, I apologize for them. Or if they helped, then I uh, request your assistance. But either way, I am here for that. I am also here for the sake of history and historical fact uh, and discovery uh, and profit. And also... Meepo has brought you because he is of need of some assistance. It would appear that you have lost your um, calcix. She
0: pounds her fist. Meepo has lost our Calcerix.
1: Yes, sorry. That's what I meant. Uh, Meepo has lost your calcix.
0: Yes, Meepo. It was Meepo's fault. The goblins stole the dragon and Meepo allowed it. But you say you wish to help Meepo? Uh,
1: well... (laughs) Yes. I guess I suppose I would wish to help i really don't want to help if i'm being honest i'll be completely honest i don't want to help what i do want help with is finding those kids so i'm willing i suppose to trade uh
0: quick note so uh carolyn called them kids but you learn later they're just her kids but they're not children
1: i what i really want to find is those (laughs) adventurers.
0: Also, I'm the kid here. <laughs> <laughs> so... A bright-eyed 19. <laughs> she, she thinks for a bit and says, Hmm, history. And she pats the uh, the carved uh, dragon head on her throne. She says, Hmm, the, the goblins stole our dragon, but if you can return cal- Calstrix to us, I shall give you a reward. In fact, Meepo can, uh, can show you where the goblins are. Meepo can help. Meepo will help. And she sort of stares at him. As for your friends, the humans, they also went to fight the the goblins. They were uninteresting, but we did meet them several weeks ago. They never returned, though. That is
1: a better lead than I've had up to this point, so I'm happy to hear that you saw them. I hope that they treated you uh, kindly and justly. Uh, and I would, uh, I think Meepo and I will be great companions as we, uh, address this goblin
0: problem. Now, how many of them were there, did you say? Hopefully. The goblins? They're, they're like rats, and, and now they are reinforced by the twig monsters. Twig monsters. Uh,
1: and I'm, like, thinking back to earlier this morning, I'm like, About this tall, bundle of stick-looking things, real pointy fingers that kind of stab you a little bit. That that kind of twig monster.
0: Ah, so you've seen them, yes. Yes, they are called twig blights. They are pets of the outcast. Uh, They are much more numerous below in the twilight grove. The outcast? The outcast. He lives below. He He grows the fruit, and he gives it to the goblins. The goblins? The ones who steal dragons? They are his servants. Uh, what's the subcast look like? She thinks for a second, hmm, I've only seen him fleeting when he first arrived here. Uh, a thin, a thin man, a human, I believe, it's just hard to tell. He did have a large frog. It looked delicious. Uh, and, uh, you
1: said he first arrived, what, maybe dozen, baker's dozen years
0: ago? Thirteen years, yes. And, uh, were the goblins here the whole time, or...? We have not seen him leave, but we know that he gives the fruit to the goblins, and the goblins disperse it. Did he bring the goblins, or...? No, the goblins, the goblins have long been here. We have, we have fought with them for control, but once the outcast came, then the goblins grew stronger and bolder. Now, now they've taken our dragon. But you... You will hmm. return our dragon, and you shall be rewarded.
1: How did you get the dragon?
0: We have our ways. We are powerful and strong, and we are descended from dragons. And, of course, a dragon would be honored to, to live with us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's one word for it, I guess. Yes, honored. <laughs> Boy, t- and, and, like, in my notes, I'm like, this dragon really got written out of the Draconic Prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, okay, so...
0: um any idea where they took him? Meepo can show you to the caves that lead to the goblin side of this facility. Uh, how did they take him? I saw the cage. Well, Meepo, tell tell this one what happened. And Meepo sort of like, almost shaking, terrified, and then realizes that he, he can talk. Looks up at you and says, The goblins came! The goblins came and, and scared Meepo, and Meepo looked away and and then Kalstrix burst out of the cage uh, and and but Meepo valiantly defended the dragon but was overwhelmed by superior force of goblins Meepo
1: how did they how did they restrain the dragon
0: Meepo doesn't actually know it is a bit confusing I wonder which dragon wrote of
1: this in the prophecy and if they considered this fact
0: <laughs> uh, your mention of the prophecy all the kobolds kind of go like a little uh, yip and uh, Eustral sort of nods her head and says mm, mm, you know of the prophecy I believe the prophecy states that you will return our calstrix to us and you will be rewarded I too believe this it's good to have belief <laughs> mutual belief
1: in the prophecy very well then
0: you are dismissed
1: Uh, I bow, I will bow deeply and thank her for her audience. Of course, of course. And then she waves you away like she's no longer interested. Meepo, let's go. And I am now full on just ordering him around in front of everybody. I don't... Meepo has joined the party.
0: (laughs) Uh, so Meepo leads you, uh, down some of the same corridors toward the, uh, east. Um... And then sort of strikes up a conversation. He seems a lot more relaxed, and he says, "So, how how does Meepo help? Uh, Meepo is uh, very uh, smart and good with tools. Very good with tool. Okay with tools. Is learning with tools. Can can probably learn about tools or uh, magic. Magic is in uh is in is strong in Meepo's blood or or is in Meepo's blood." Certainly. He is sure. Or Meepo, Meepo could fight and is very strong and will, will become stronger as he fights. Which which would you like?
1: Meepo, I'm going to level with you. I know a little bit about magic, but I don't know a lick of magic. Just don't have the talent for it. Uh, I know that you are an accomplished spellcaster. I can just tell. You just exude. Deep, deep down You're the best. You're basically... <laughs> First of your
0: class at Cobalt College, I'm pretty sure. Meepo is very excited by this. He stands up a little bit taller, all three foot eight. Uh, And you now have Meepo as a level two sidekick. Perfect. And we will figure out exactly what that means next week. Let's talk about how our listeners can get in
1: contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's
0: M-U-N dangerous. And you can tweet at, at Evil at Carne. That's Malice minus meat. You can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill.
1: And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. And we also want to take a moment to thank our
0: Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all our rewards at patreon.com slash TotalPartyThrill. All right. What do we have planned for next week's episode? We continue this playthrough of Sunless Citadel and we find out why Meepo is actually the main character. All right. All right. That's,
1: let's, let's just call it right here. <laughs> That's it for episode three. Actual play episode three of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name. But either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening.